Hello, everybody. I'm Rob Seaver, Executive Director with PACE. That is the Professional Association for Customer Engagement. And I'm at the SOCAP Spring Symposium in beautiful downtown Columbus, Ohio, not Cincinnati. And look who I ran into. I ran into Michelle Schuster, our general counsel, the, the leader of our regulatory compliance side of what we do. And I ran into her because... Where it are you hurt. I should tell you, it was a little painful. Uh, yes, when he ran, I was carrying the, a box uh, of succulents. True story. <laughs> and it was painful. Bumped yes. into her. Uh-huh. Uh, and that at my size is not an easy thing to recover from. But what I can tell you is, is that this is one of uh, my favorite people, as I say every time. And of course, we have a weekly podcast series called Keeping Pace. I actually memorized that for everyone. And we're going to do a live, somewhat live, half-recorded session of Keeping Pace today at the SOCAP Symposium in Columbus, Ohio. Michelle, you just rocked the room. Uh, you had a standing ovation. You uh, had uh, people lined up for signatures. And and um, and really, like I have not seen you do this before where you gamified the entire content you led people down a path where they could understand what are some of the most important things that are going on in this space. And so um, it was amazing to watch. It was amazing to see the engagement. Uh, Val won uh, one of the three succulents that you brought uh, to carry home. But, you know, Michelle, this is awesome that we're meeting in person because we're typically um, uh miles and miles away from each other, West yeah, Coast, East Coast. I am real. Uh-huh. Um, you should have known that when you ran into me. Um, but I will tell you that help us understand, one, what did we cover uh, just in a real quick synopsis? What did we cover in that group that's important to us so that we can get that out of the way? And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on at Pace. Yeah, so the main the main focus for this group is really privacy. Uh, these are marketing professionals that work for a lot of the larger corporations. They have wonderful in-house legal counsel, so we're very careful not to give them uh, legal advice when we're giving these presentations. But, you know, we're really focusing on the privacy laws that are being passed state by state. But we also talked a little bit about the TCPA, the state mini TCPAs, the FCC's advance notice of proposed rulemaking for auto-renewing contracts, uh, so we really hit kind of a potpourri of subjects. And, you know, the goal at events like this is that we just let people know that there are a lot of things going on out there, a lot of moving parts and pieces uh, so that they can be aware of them when they're putting together marketing pieces and they know when to ask questions. They're never going to know all of the answers, especially when you have an hour to go over that many topics, but they know the questions. I thought it was amazing because, I mean, it was a room full of marketing people, but yet one, I found that their connection to the legal and regulatory side was much stronger than I anticipated. Um, The knowledge was crazy. And you saw that with some of the answers being answered in fractions of a second. I even lost by a big shot. A uh, long, long shot there. I think but you gave up halfway through. I may though. have. I may <laughs> okay. have. Um, well, one, it would be really hard for me to accept a uh, succulent uh, and bring that back to the state of Arizona. But what I, I had could tell mince t- if it was you, just so you mince, know. Just mince was the consolation prize. That <laughs> That's all I had. <laughs> but um, it was interesting because one, you and I are tracking that privacy side of it. We didn't even talk about data breaches, which I think you would have sent them over the edge if you would have done that. But um, what was interesting is, is that, you know, some of the things that we talk about and sometimes don't always um, uh, make it clear, there was an effort or at least a desire to have a federal privacy preemptive mandate. But one of the things I heard you say from the stage was, was that at least for now and 
possibly due to this power of the states and the desire of the states to have their own laws. You don't see this happening anytime at the federal level. Is that right? I think federal preemption on a, on a so federal preemption of state privacy laws is almost an impossible task. And this is why. Um, because first of all, you start with California that has the largest delegation in the House of Representatives because they're the largest populated state. And then you have other states that have already passed privacy laws that have pride of authorship and they want to be able to enforce their own laws. And so you're now talking about a Congress made up of representatives from those states and they're pushing hard not to have federal preemption. And so, um, you know, hopefully we'll see if we can get federal legislation passed at all in the current environment, hopefully we'll see some creativity of what actually uh, comes out of that federal privacy bill. Uh, some of the things we've uh, seen tossed around out there are uh, fines that would be uh, equal to uh, or proportionate to revenue earned by a company, which makes a big difference for small companies. It feels like the federal government is focused on helping small businesses lately. So I think there's uh, you know hope for that. Um, and we're, we're also hopeful that, uh, you know, as the federal government actually looks at legislation, and there has been some that has been introduced already, the uh, American uh, Privacy Protection Act, I think, APPA, I think is, uh, hopefully I've got that acronym right. Uh, but, um, you know, hopefully what we'll- You're we'll usually spot on on acronyms, so I can't imagine that one being I, right. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know how many times you gave an acronym of your own company on the stage that was inaccurate. So I'm just pointing <laughs> out that, uh, like, just once. <laughs> we might just want to fact check that there's, last one. There's I don't no know. There's no ampersand in um, our, yeah, our website. It's uh, just mslawgroup.com. Oh, my god. I figured if they just kept putting an iteration of MNS somewhere in there, they would come across your your website. If I was as good of a marketer as I am a lawyer, we'd be much better at these things. Marketing is something. Thank God you're a good lawyer. You know what I'm saying? But 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 anyway. So, you know, we'll see something. I doubt we'll get anything passed on the federal level. And there are lots of states that are close to getting their bills signed into law. One of the other things that you talked about are auto renewing programs. Mm -hmm. And we don't talk a lot about that yeah. at, at Pace. And so um, could you give us a real quick, uh, quick 50,000 foot on that? Because I really yeah. felt that that was interesting for me. I do auto renewals, as you know, with membership. Um, I'm not, I'm sure it's not applicable to me, but I'm just saying that, um, help us understand what the auto renewal side, what you were talking about is. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, what we were um, talking about is that the, the reason this was brought up is that the federal trade commission has uh, released an advance notice of proposed rulemaking, uh, that would affect auto renewing contracts. Uh, and what that advance notice of proposed rulemaking means is that they're asking for comments from companies and they have until I believe it's June 23rd of this year to file comments. And the FTC has asked for specific information that would help them in drafting uh, a rule, an FTC rule. Uh, and so there's a Administrative Procedures Act pro process they have to follow. Uh, this isn't something we're probably going to see in the next year, but I bet something shortly so, after so that. So if you have an evergreen program, any kind of auto renewal, anything that that would put you so in subscriptions. subscriptions. Think about subscriptions sure. and yeah. uh, potentially memberships. So like you said, anything that uh, you have a payment method on file usually, and in certain periods for like for t uh, for uh, um, like Netflix and entertainment subscriptions and things like that that renew on a monthly basis. That would be a type of thing. Book clubs were the things. So we that just were need to be very clear and conspicuous about what that renewal billing is. Or do you 
feel at this point we should be looking at like one-off billing or what, what is your, what's your advice to me? If you have learned nothing else from me, Rob, through all of these conversations, everything has to be clear and conspicuous when we're talking about consumer advertising. Everything's Everything. clear and conspicuous. But, in a, in, okay. you know, in addition to that, there are specific provisions. Um, and probably the one that, you know, companies are running afoul of the most right now is that they're not giving an easy method to cancel. So they're really focused on an easy method to cancel. Uh, and it has to be as easy to cancel as it was to join, is what the FTC is, I think, going to propose. You know, um, as you're just throwing around these notice of proposed rulemaking uh, comments, which yeah. um, I think you even said another one from the stage, which I'm not even going to get into, but there was another NPRM that was going out. Yeah. I want to turn our focus with the last few minutes that we have in this back to the notice of proposed rulemaking from the Federal Communications Commission that has captured the attention of all of our audience. I'd like you one to um, real quick summarize if this, if you've been under a rock somewhere, um, this is where you're going to learn real quickly what that is in a, in a summary, but then could you give us an update of where we are? There's an FCC notice of proposed rulemaking? I, you know, I look, I've had so many <laughs> dreams about this, and it could be a dream. I don't know. I don't know. But, I've been um, on vacation for the last two weeks. Oh, so yes. something going on. Where have you been, Michelle Schuster? I've been to Africa. Um, Africa. We'll talk about this some other time. But um, anyway. Tigers are not in Africa. No, we also Asia. learned they're in Asia. So um, if you're ever in a multiple choice contest with Michelle Schuster, and she asked, what animal does not exist in Africa safaris? Tiger. Tiger would Tiger, be that. That's right. Asian that's entry. Right. So back to the NPRM. Yes. I believe it's real. <laughs> the yes. response has been, or at least yes. has felt real. So what is it and what are we currently doing? So what we've been primarily focused on is uh, what the FCC coined as closing the lead generation loophole. And what they have uh, put out is uh, a notice of proposed rulemaking, and they're proposing to define the definition of prior express written consent differently than it is currently defined. And what they're looking at is that any uh, companies that are gaining consent through basically an online lead generation forum have to, and whatever products those companies would be selling, they have to be logically and topically related to the content on the website. And, you know, so as we point out in our comments that we have for the first draft done right now, you know, we need some additional clarity on what that logically and topically related means. For instance, if you have uh, on that website a lawn mowing service uh, and also gutter cleaning service, is that logically and topically related because it's all about home maintenance? Or does it have to be only grass cutting services on that or only uh, gutter repair and maintenance uh, type of, of things? And so, you know, we don't want another situation with the TCPA that has a private right of action that has cost millions and millions and millions of dollars to companies across the United States uh, to have another situation where there are terms that are not defined. Uh, as we had with the definition of an automatic telephone dialing system. So we really want some clarity so we know what logically and topically related uh, means. Also, one of the provisions that they're proposing is that any um, seller that is getting consent from a forum must appear on the same page as the lead form itself. And so, you know, we point out that that has a lot of potential downside um, and confusion for the consumers. You know, if you have dozens of companies on a web page, then it almost becomes meaningless, especially if you want to divide that into specific topics. And so are they, are they proposing a one-to-one -one match or just if you had eight matches, those eight would, would need to be displayed on the, on the page of consent? Um, I think the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's but, all I ask questions. <laughs> I, I, I intend to confuse. A one-to-one right? match would be fine. No, but, but Eight I'm, would be fine as well, as long as they're listed on that same page. And, logically and, and topically, yeah, right? Uh, well, um, Could the eighth be a be walk-in bathtub? It's clear and conspicuous. So, so if you if you had lawn services and yeah. and the eighth is a walk-in bathtub, is that clear and conspicuous enough? Or? Well, that's, so it goes back to is that you know is that topically related? And uh, I don't know. It's a great question. We have no guidance on that. Uh, so I would imagine we will have it at some. And point, we're right? su- we've suggested guidance to the FCC, which is the purpose of these comments. And so uh, that's something we've looked at. Um, you know, so the, the comments um, will be filed at the end of this week. They'll be available on the FCC's website. Uh, and if you, uh, we'll probably have a link to that on the PACE website. We should do that so that they'll be able to get uh, the comments from us as well. Um, but there'll be an opportunity for reply comments after that. So after, and I think it's May 8th, but that's a Sunday. So maybe the 9th, but anyway, I've been on vacation for two weeks, but we're getting ours filed this week. Uh, and, um, uh, we'll have a period, another period of 30 days for reply comments. So it'll be very important to see what the consumer advocacy groups are filing, to see what other large corporations are filing, which we've been collaborating I'm glad with. Glad you brought that up because one of the things that you know, a lot of times we sit around and we want to know the the subjective nature of what we believe that this proposed rule is going to have, and of course we sit and we, you know, project or predict of what it is. But at the end of the day, really what this is about is consumer choice, right? This is about providing choice to a consumer who's out there trying to find the best purchase or the best solution for what they're looking for. And if if that's limited to a point where it starts impacting them, then we all suffer, right? It's it's. I think that this is what we need to focus in on moving right. forward. And so um, it's interesting to me to watch that narrative evolve into that. And I've been hearing that more and more. Um, I was just on uh, um, on a web uh, webinar last week, and somebody said, "Well, how does this impact the consumer?" And I think that's what it's all about, right? Our comments start with that. So, just to be really clear, that that is the position that we start from, and we point out what effect, an unattended effect, we believe the regulations as they're currently proposed could have on consumers, and also the negative implications of, you know, it. it it's the small businesses that are really going to suffer from what the FCC has proposed right now because larger companies can afford to be on yeah, those right. very exclusive websites and to have a lot of those types of things. Small businesses really don't have the ability to rely on that. And, you know, there are some businesses, and let's say they're very industry-specific that are providing quotes that may want to have the ability to offer hundreds of different companies because depending upon what the consumer is looking for, they need that range so that they can you know, provide every consumer what's best for them. And if you have to put those 300 names on one website, that is not helpful to consumers. So that's at the heart of what our comments so, are So around. if somebody's sitting out here listening to this and maybe they don't have their internal or even external counsel, they hear this as a potential risk to their business, yeah. how can they immediately do something about that? How can they get involved? What is, what is the best path for them today to get involved and help um, mitigate this risk for their business yeah. while um, appeasing the regulators' need of protecting consumers? So join PACE because you would have um, started this process much sooner because it's probably too late to get in comments uh, right now in the initial comments, but there's plenty of time with the reply comments. So um, if you believe... I think that's an important distinction yes. that if you don't file initially, that does not prohibit you 
from replying to that. And yeah. that is what date again? The reply. Thirty is? days from I think it's May eighth. Yeah. I, I so sometime should, in June, early June. Yeah, right? yeah. It's yeah. The, we'll just say the first week of June, and we'll file ours in the first week of June. Let's yeah. say that first week yeah. of June. Yeah. Um. So are there thirty-one days a, in May? Um. It's probably. <laughs> June, July, August, September. It's on, anyway, it's on, it's on I don't know that. I only know that June has 30 yes. days. Yes. Um, that's the month I was born. If you ever want to send Amazon list uh, for me to we'll be, be able editing to pick from, this out, I will be more than happy June 30th <laughs> to accept that. Um, Mine's January 31st. January 31st. Last day of the month, too. Look so we it. now know a month that has 30 days and a month that has 31 for everybody <laughs> that's keeping score out there. Look, uh, as Michelle put out, we have a biweekly uh, coalition for the notice of proposed rulemaking with the FCC. You do not have to be a member to join this. We want your input. Um, you immediately will get plugged into what the, the, the opinion of the industry has been up to this point. You have a voice in, in any support or opposition to that. We encourage that. And so um, uh, you can contact myself, Rob, at paceassociation.org if you'd like to get more information on joining that coalition. Michelle, how can they uh, contact you? What, what website are we giving them on this particular? <laughs> M. Schuster, no C in Schuster, M-S-H-U-S-T-E-R at mslawgroup.com, mslawgroup.com. And if you're writing her first name, it's 1L. Um, uh, no C, 1L, no C. It never bothers her if you put two. I've never heard that. Anyway, Michelle, this is this is great. This is our actually official second keeping pace, even though this isn't the second edition. This is our second one that we've done. Actually, yeah. maybe it'd be the third. It's I the don't third. know. I They're like... so fun, and so many of them have been in the tank right now that I've lost count. Michelle, thank you once again for joining us. Thank you for supporting this industry. Thank you for supporting our organization and doing what you can do to help protect this industry. It, I mean, you're one of the leaders out there. You're recognized and people really enjoy what you have to say. So thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, it's great. Once again, join us one more time on next week's edition of Keeping Pace. For now, this is uh, myself, Rob Seaver, and Michelle Schuster signing off. Thank you very much from the Spring Symposium at Columbus, Ohio, SOCAP. Thank you very much. <laughs>